Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome to the Dr. Hockey Podcast. Welcome to the Dr. Hockey Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert. Tonight we have a very special podcast. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, Jason, are, are you excited for tonight's podcast? Because I know you are. Absolutely. I, I did overhear you eating some grapes prior to teeing this off. Uh, I was wondering if you just might give our, uh, our special guest and our listener just a little taste of those Costco grapes. They sound really good. What, what's the name of that thing where people eat or talk or whisper into the microphone like asm or something like it's called i think and you know they'll say i have no idea yeah they'll say um okay i'm gonna eat the grape now <laughs> that's pretty good these are really good grapes that sounds really good but isn't there something that like that people subscribe to these services where people talk to them and it's kind of creepy like that just was that was pretty creepy but also yeah. delicious so thank you for doing that <laughs> On tonight with us is our special guest coming to us all the way from sunny San Diego, sometimes sunny, depending on whether it's June or not. Right. Andy Zilch. How are you doing, Andy? Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing great. And Jason, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I have heard those once or twice in my life where they, they do a soft whisper and then they introduce whatever they're going to bite into. Yeah. It, Howard Stern did a thing about it and it, it was just creepy and... <laughs> And it right is now, very eerie. Yes, very Andy, eerie. I, I just, for the record, Andy's just meeting us for the first time. He's saying, <laughs> how do I stop this? How do I get He's out like, of it? I think I'm on the wrong podcast. Politely, how <laughs> do I leave? We're going to talk about hockey. <laughs> I thought this was a hockey podcast, but it's not. It's so much more. It's that and more. And so we are, we are happy to have you on. For, for many reasons, but mostly because uh, I know you've uh, had a little bit of time coming up to the Ducks to call the games with Brian Hayward, who's yeah. awesome. And uh, in fact, we had a little uh, event this weekend. As everyone knows, I'm a season ticket holder at the uh, Anaheim Ducks. If anybody's not watching my Instagram, just go there. It's 90% of me at the Honda Center with my kids. Um, but it's really a great organization. And the, the Gulls, are the AHL version of the uh, the Ducks, and so Andy, tell us about it. Like how you've gone through, you've been around the country doing, uh, you know, sports casting for for AHL, I guess OHL as well, and and then also into the NHL, uh, ECHL. So ECHL, ECHL, yes. Uh, it's it's uh, very intriguing to come out here on the West Coast and get uh, the first viewpoint of what the relationship between a club and the AHL and the NHL is here. And, you know, I, I've been in the AHL with the Vancouver affiliate out East and Utica and That's right. Spring, Springfield with Columbus and Arizona. And the synergy between the Gulls and the Ducks is by far the best. And I'm not just saying that because I'm employed by the Ducks, but I'm saying that because it's flat out true. And I've talked to a lot of people about this. The fact that I know a lot of the front office members with Anaheim and not just, you know, some of the social media people, but some of the execs up there, like, you know, vice president of marketing and 
the vice president of uh, uh, you know operations. Like it's uh, it, we're we're one and one here, and it's so fun to kind of be a part of and get in that pot and and work together to promote not only the ducks but the gulls and what's coming up for the ducks in the future. It's it's very exciting to, to work with this organization. Well, you know, and there's been like a lot of players, you know, as somebody who's been sitting in those seats and watching the team, you know, build over the last few years, there's a lot of players that come up from San Diego. So we kind of have a feel for what's going on in San Diego. And it causes me as a, uh, as you know, an interested party in the success of the team to kind of look to San Diego and say, well, what else we got coming down, you know, down the pike from, uh, I mean, literally coming up the pike from, uh, from San Diego that's going to help this team that's in a rebuild, you know, and Jason is a uh, Red Wings fan and he's been watching his team rebuild, especially probably with the largest building block yet, Steve Iserman coming up as GM, Uh, you know, and by the way, we got, not only did Steve get to, uh, to the uh, Red Wings, but Pat Verbeek, who was working with Stevie Y in Tampa is now the GM for the Ducks. So this is an exciting time. Yeah, I mean, you look at the pedigree just there alone. You know, it's uh, very, very interesting to see what his steps are going to be here to get this team back to a contending team. And I think the foundation has already been laid. Uh, I think Bob Murray did an extremely excellent job putting together your players like Zegris and Drysdale and Comtois and Terry and the list goes on and on. I mean, you know, 95% of that roster, I think, has come through San Diego now at this point. And not only that, but let's not forget about the head coach, too. Dallas Akins, who absolutely, yeah, I absolutely adore him. He's a wonderful human being and he's got a great, intelligent hockey mind. Uh, He he really gets it. He gets what needs to be done and the route, the road that it takes to get there. So, uh, I mean, just it's really thrilling to see what Pat Verbeek can do now, getting integrated into this organization after coming with Steve, Steve Eiserman for such a long time. And uh, I think the sky's the limit right now, guys. It's going to be very exciting to see this club and what they can do in five years. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, <laughs> I was listening to, uh, I think th- they said Pat Verbeek's uh, nickname when he played in the NHL was uh, like Little Ball of Hate or something like yeah, that. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> it was something pretty rough. But, you well, know, I remember him playing, and he was he was a great player. Like, he played for a long time. He played on a lot of different clubs and he contributed all the time. He had, he had amazing vision for the ice and he was a goal scorer. So he was, he was an exciting guy to watch, but now as the GM, especially coming from Tampa Bay, you know, there's been good things happening there. He saw how it gets done. So I I'm really optimistic of what he can do for the ducks. Yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned that too, because when, when I heard about that nickname, I only knew him at the end of his career but I remember watching him and I was like, hey, he is uh, he's a bulldog, like he'll go into the corners. And then obviously the points always came with it with Pat Verbeek. And then I looked up his penalty minutes and I was like, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. He had that many pens to his name. I was yeah. at, I didn't know it was that many. <laughs> you know, he was tough as nails. Yeah. Well, I was introduced to him very early on as uh I think I said on our last podcast, he had moved into the neighborhood when the New Jersey Devils first came out as a franchise. That's how old I am. The um, Pat Verbeek was one of their first players. And I think he had, he played somewhere else or he was, he was pretty early in his career, maybe a year or two in. And he he moved into the neighborhood near us and he just was awesome. And he was he was like a first of all, he was a cool guy. 
but he gave everything he had at those Devils games. I mean, this is a brand new franchise. They didn't have the draft rules that they do now about snarking people from other teams. So he uh, he was, you know, they were they weren't great at the beginning, and he was. He really really was awesome. So his spirit's great. I think he's going to do really well. I mean, what's not to like? He's been in Tampa Bay, and now he's in Orange County. It's not not, not too rough, you know. I think I think he's picked some <laughs> some choice spots to to hold up. Yeah, he's. Uh, I remember him as a whaler, and uh, obviously, oh gosh, I'm gonna NHL '94. I remember when he was in that game too. And he was pretty darn good in that game. But yeah, I mean, just to go back to your point though, like, you know, coming over from Tampa Bay and I mean, you look at what they've done just year after year, just churning out success. And, and I really think that that's going to translate and starts here in the AHL too. I mean, we all know that. And, and I think he's going to really get his hands dirty, not just with the ducks, but he, I think he's in full realization that if you look at the Syracuse crunch and what they had and the success that they've had and how that's transitioned to Tampa Bay, I think there's going to be a really good future here for the goals as well, too, in San Diego. So, Andy, when you're doing games in San Diego and you're, you're doing – you know the players, obviously. When you get the call to go up to Anaheim and to, you know, as in the show, if you will, and, uh, you know, we had Doc Emmerich on a, a while ago, and he would tell us how he would do research and remember names and know how to pronounce names. As Jay was saying recently, we were talking, I mispronounced a couple of players. I kind of did it on purpose just to kind of yank his chain. But I mean, what do you do to research the players' names? How do you learn their, the opposing teams, you know, jerseys number? I mean, that's, that's a skill in and of itself. How do you do all that? Yeah, that's actually step number one of my, my research. And when I got the call to do the Ducks games, that was step one, but, the pre-step one was actually just kind of get familiar with the format of the Ducks TV broadcast. So I kind of hopped on uh, NHL TV and I watched a couple games, but pronunciations and knowing the numbers is for me, like if you know anything, know that, know how to pronounce the guy's name right, know their number. That way you can seamlessly go bang, bang, bang when there's a quick play going on on the ice. And for pronunciations, if there's somebody that's, you know, off kilt name or very hard looking to pronounce. I'll just go on YouTube or I'll watch the games from that team and see how the home team broadcaster pronounces it. I mean, you know, if anybody's going to get it right, it better be the home team broadcaster. So I'll kind of do that as a guide to pronounce some of those harder names. Yeah, that's uh, that, that was Doc, yeah, Doc Emmerich had like a whole like system that he he employed. He, you, you may want to go back and review that podcast because it was it was pretty extensive and he makes charts and all. I mean, it was like unbelievable. And uh, I, I think it's really it's difficult if you just sit back and imagine yourself trying to call these games. I think it's really hard and it, the action moves fast and you got to be right there. So we'll give you a lot of credit for being able to to do that and then. You know, as I, I think another part of it is, you know, if you love hockey, it's pretty easy to, to get interested. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been playing since I, I, I there's photos of me when I couldn't even barely stand up and I had a stick in my hand uh, as a kid. Uh, and, you know, it's I think that kind of translates to a good call sometimes is when you understand the game and you know what's going to happen, you know, watching practices, understanding your team's systems. But, you know, having been at the ice and I played no higher than a college level, you know, I can see a seam of a pass and I'm already getting ready to say he finds so-and-so on the left wing, even before that puck even gets passed up the wing. And, you know, that's uh, 
the, the prep on the names and numbers is just a small segment of the prep too. I mean, I, I, it's almost like, uh, an orchestra, you know, and I'm the conductor. Like I, I have things that are loaded that I'm ready to talk about and my prep work. It's every, every game. It's the same. You know, I, I go through, if I have the time, four hours of prep work of things that I want to do and go through and special teams and who's leading and who's hot, who's not, et cetera. And I, I'm pretty sure that doc probably told you this 60% of our prep work doesn't even get mentioned because it's not irrelevant. It's not relevant. You know, like I'll have something loaded and it just, it never happens. So why just bring something up spontaneously? I, I want to make sure that it flows with what's going on on the ice. Now, when you're doing this and you're looking and you're watching the game, this is your job. Are you ever able to sit back and just watch a game and enjoy it and not think like a broadcaster, but think, as a fan or does it is the, the lines get blurred sometimes you'd say oh, i wouldn't have called it that way or or do you find yourself kind of starting to do it and like, whoa, whoa hold on i'm not at work i want to just watch the game do you, is it hard to separate that sometimes there's been three or four moments in my life that i've paused and and i haven't like i've always been like if i got the headset on i'm i'm working i'm trying to deliver the call to you to understand but there's been moments and I'm sure we're going to dive into one of those moments here in just a little bit <laughs> that we just witnessed, but I'll go back to Jacob Rose, Michigan goal that he scored. That was on ESPN earlier this year. And when he scored that goal, like I saw it coming and I was able to anticipate it. Cause I saw a stick bend down to the ice and then he scored it. And I just thought, wow, I just, I just saw that. So I just kind of shut up and I just kind of <laughs> just let it go, you know, cause it was such a cool moment that there was nothing else that I could have said at that point in time that would have made that play that much better as far as the broadcast. So I just sat there and I enjoyed what, what I just saw as a fan. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely those moments lately. I mean, uh, this uh, Zegras has brought us a few of those uh, moments. I mean, I think the, you know, the first one, did you, you saw the goal in uh, Buffalo when uh, he flipped, flipped the uh, puck over the net and Sonny Milano whacked it in. Yeah. I mean, that that's one where, I, and I think the broadcaster did shut up. <laughs> if I remember correctly. It was kind of, and it, I don't know who was calling the game, but it was like, whoa. And it, they just kind of like in Zegras had that look on his face that was like, wait a second, that worked. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Zegras actually tried a Michigan himself last year and uh, it didn't, it didn't pan out. Obviously would have, we would have known about that, but when he did it, I, I kind of like, you, you braced yourself for that moment because it's something that's so cool and spontaneous. And I was describing a goalie goal, and I, the only way I could figure it out and how to describe it to an, a person who's not a fan of hockey but a fan of baseball was he's watched no hitter. Like, it's that rare for a goalie goal that that, that yeah. occurred. So and think- when that happened, I kind of braced myself too because I was like, oh, this is going to go. <laughs> Now, I, I can't stand the name Michigan Gold because I'm a Spartan. So just that's number one. But number two, <laughs> do you think that goal should be allowed to be used in pro hockey? It seems more like a lacrosse play than anything else. I don't know. I have a bit of a problem with it. I mean, yeah, it was kind of unique and it was fun when we first saw it and novelty. But the guys are doing it now in games, whatever. I, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. And I'm, people might be at home listening and rolling their eyes at me and yelling at me and whatever, but I, I think it should be I'm rolling my allowed. eyes right here. I, well, you I, have I, to look at do, them. I'm you rolling. Did, you did it all the time to me. Anyway, I'm used to it. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. And there was a moment in time, and I don't know if this was a roller hockey rule because people in roller hockey used to do this a lot, 
but they would whistle it as a uh, dead puck because you were stopping the motion of the puck. But uh, I do remember one time when it was allowed. <laughs> I, so I, I played roller hockey at Lindenwood University and uh, the D1 squad there won national titles like 10 years in a row. We had guys play on Team USA and there was a Team USA defenseman on our team. Somebody tried Michigan on Lindenwood. Well, their wrists were not intact. <laughs> The next day because the defenseman did it and he goes you're not pulling the michigan on my team and he got him he slashed him pretty darn good and it wasn't a goal <laughs> and he went off for a penalty but he was like i'll sit for two every day for that one i'm not it's tommy <laughs> Bruce, but if he's ever watching this i'll never forget that moment he let the guy have it because he saw him do it behind the net he's went right over <laughs> You know, that's what Jay Caulfield said when he was on our podcast, too. You know, he, he does telestrations for the Penguins. And he said, boy, if you did that on my, you know, my team, that guy would have never made it to the bench. Yeah. And, you know, he just said, that is not cool. And but I, I'm an evolution of the game guy. I have to I have to let it evolve. And, you know, if it were that easy to do, they'd be happening every night. But they're not, are they? They're nope. not happening every night. It's not that easy to do. It isn't a great, great, but it would be considered to be a dead puck though on a shootout goal though, because it's, it's not continuing the motion of the puck. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would, I would think it would be considered to be right. Yeah. And and if you guys go back and you look at the Zegris goal against Buffalo (laughs) and flipped it over to Sonny, the defenseman on the opposite side of the post of Sonny, he actually, he brought his stick down to slash Trevor when Trevor started that, cause he saw him do it, but no one ever looks at that part of the highlight. So go back and watch that. Cause you'll see the defenseman actually whiff at the win. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you've got that one, you've got his Michigan goal. He scored in Montreal, um, you know, where he did come around the back of the net and stuff it in. And then I will tell you that I, I forget which team it was. I'm just remembering that somebody faked a Michigan goal, left the puck, and his teammate skated behind and, and did a wraparound while the goalie was trying to defend against a fake Michigan. So it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a move, and I, I think the jury's still out on it, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to stay because it sure does call attention to the NHL. And, oh, yeah. people, and that's, the NHL wants eyes on those games and that's things that make play, it cool are going to do it. The secret play was everywhere. It was, you, you could not turn on a sports station and watch it. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. And that brought lots of attention to hockey and that's what they want. And so I, I think they're probably going to let it stand. Yeah, no, I agree. Much to sh- Jason's chagrin. <laughs> I, no, I, I was going to say that. I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. I Look just, at all I the chagrin know. over there. You've got a lot of chagrin right There's now. There's no chagrin here. It's no, I just, see it. It's I, actually just, dripping off of your face. You have oh, chagrin uh, everywhere. That's, that's grapes. That's <laughs> no, not, not chagrin. Oh, oh, those are your grapes from Costco. Yeah. Sorry. But I mean, um, I'm telling you, it, it, I, I, think I, I understand what you're that. saying. It makes the game more interesting and more exciting. Uh, I, I just have an issue with, I don't know, gimmicky stuff. I don't know. I, I, it's, you're a purist. Maybe yeah. I am. I don't know. You are. You're 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 a, a Lidstrom guy. Let's get back to Andy. I, I want to hear more from Andy. I, I stop worrying about me, Jay. Focus on, on on our guests, okay? Chagrin coming out his nose right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, the concern that I have for my co-host sometimes it, it's it's all it's all from a place of love. That's all I can say. So, Andy, what when will you be back into Anaheim to call some more games? I mean, uh, that's that's got to be the the next big move for you. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I mean, we'll see. Uh, you know, I was just keeping John Allers uh, seat warm for him, but uh, you know, him and Steve Carroll, I, those guys, they're so talented. I mean, they're great. Whenever they're, whenever either one of those two guys are ready to call it quits, you know, hopefully I get a consideration for that job. But you know, if if any team in the NHL gives me a look, you know, it's it's something of high consideration for me as well too. So. Sure. You know, with broadcasters, it's always kind of see what happens during the summer uh, and, you know, teams, that's when they'll make their moves. So uh, just kind of waiting to see what the word is on the street and keep my ear to the ground. Well, being in San Diego with the Gulls ain't so bad either. You know, that's a yeah. th- that's a great spot and that's an amazing fan base. It I, is. I, I mean, I for actually, the AHL, right? Yeah, I just talked to a player today about that. So I, I interviewed Brogan Rafferty and I wasn't even going to turn it into the conversation about the fans, but you know, once we started talking, uh, he mentioned the road trip or I actually asked him about the road trip and he said, yeah, the, you know, the fans were there. And I said, you know what? I said, let's talk about the fans a little bit. I go, have you ever thought that the fan base would be this great? Because we had three consecutive road trips where in Ontario, we had about 75 fans in Vegas. We had about 50 and Colorado. We had about 30. And I said, you, you knew what the word on the street was with San Diego fans. What did you think about this most recent trip? And he said, that was beyond expectations. He said, I, I signed here. One of the reasons was the fan base just because of the energy that I give you. But that kind of blew me away. And I, I thought that was really awesome to hear. Yeah, the Gulls are, they, they're an amazing organization. It's a great team. I mean, they definitely, you know, Dallas Aikens definitely got his, uh, his chops, you know, worked up there to, to come up to the Ducks. And he's a great coach. And a, and a really nice person. I mean, what a great guy. And, and uh, that's made a big difference for the players. You know, I hear from the players in various circles. And, and when I talk to them directly, that they just they love playing for him. And it makes it, it's a big deal. Well, he, he's he knows what to demand and expect out of his players because he's done it. You know, a lot of these coaches have done it, but he still does. it. That's one yeah. thing about Dallas that I really like. I, I mean, he is a huge biker. Uh, he has biked up to Poway before he's done the, the, the bike himself back and forth after practice, which it's very hilly over there. Uh, I remember one time I heard a story that he took the creamer out of the locker room because guys were using too much creamer in their coffee. That was before me, but I did hear the story. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, 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 one time I remember we were doing a celebrity golf event and we had our players and then uh, we had a lot of our corporate sponsors and I was helping, you know, MC it. And I was going to bring Dallas up. And I was reminding the players of the corporate sponsors and our fans that were there. I was like, you know, thanks to our sponsor who brought coffee and donuts. And uh, I handed the mic off to Dallas. And he goes, Andy, why don't you grab one of those donuts? You look a little too thin. I go, okay, <laughs> thank you, but only one. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally him. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a fitness dude. I talked to him a lot about his biking at one of uh, one of the events that we've been to. That's one of the cool things about the Ducks, too. They definitely get uh, and I think they have like an Orange Alliance event coming up pretty shortly where they get the players together with the, you know, the season ticket holders and the the fans who, you know, are why they play. And they they uh, they're very appreciative and they, they they don't take it for granted that we're all there and especially these couple past couple of years have been sort of, you know, disappointing in terms of playoffs, but you know, the team's great. The community's great. You know, my daughters are really getting into, uh, to hockey. I have, I have two sons who are getting deeper into their gaming, uh, but they'll, they'll go to a game when they have to, 
but my daughters are fans and they uh i think it's just all about zegris and drysdale at this point for them we, we, jay and i we went to that event what was it uh three four years ago oh yeah down at uh um social house and uh, yeah and uh, that was a blast yeah and i i i actually took the chance and asked cam Fowler if i could negotiate a deal for him to come back home to the wings uh he, he <laughs> wouldn't talk to me about it unfortunately but i i tried <laughs> i don't think he's going anywhere man you look at detroit and you look at uh south orange county i think he's kind of set well <laughs> you never know it's tough uh, it's it, you know those players don't like to leave <laughs> Well, it's also lower taxes, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I don't see too many people running out of California. I think the ones that have run to Texas are finding out that their property taxes are making up for what they don't have to pay in their income tax. So, yeah. you know, it's it's so true. It's like they're they're going to get your money. Like, just you know, be sure about that. It's it's well, coming. Uh, if I, next time I see him, I'm going to have to ask him again. I, I think I was he was I was getting to him in some fashion. I was getting to him, whether it was annoying him or he was interested. I don't know. Probably annoyed. I'd probably go to with annoyed. Yeah. I think that, that's probably where Cam was on that <laughs> one. But uh, I think there's another event coming up with them pretty soon. I think it's on my wife's birthday, as a matter of fact. So I'll try to get you in and we'll go over there. Andy, so when you're when you're doing the games for for, for San Diego and you're you're in your comfort zone with that, and then you go to do the games and, and do it in a game in Anaheim. What what changed? What was the difference or what did you you said you you alluded to the fact that you looked up and you watch some games and how they do things, what was it that you had to change or alter about your, your normal system when you got there? And did it kind of, did you take a little time to kind of settle in at that point? Uh, the only change that I had was, uh, I mean, I, I got all of my information a different route. So, uh, and also the NHL has stats out the wazoo. I was a little overwhelmed with the stats because I'm used to, uh, you know, a certain booklet of stats that I get in the AHL. Well, you get to the NHL, you have how many shots these guys have blocked, uh, how many power play minutes, how many shorthanded minutes. I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. So I was a little overwhelmed by those stats. But in terms of calling the game, nothing changed. Uh, I, I got settled in probably about five minutes into the first period of my first game. Uh, and then it was just business as usual, you know, and the great thing, we just spoke about it earlier here tonight, but working with Brian Hayward, I, I just kind of threw cruise control and, and, and it was show, it was his show. I kind of just helped paddle the boat. Uh, and, and he was so good at what he did. He was so helpful. And before and during and after every game, what do you need? Do you need me to do anything? How am I doing? And I was like, Brian, you were great, man. Like <laughs> you've been doing this for so long. Like I'm, I'm here on your time. Like, you, you were doing so good to help me out. And, and I, I think uh, a lot of my credit goes to him too. And John Allers too helped me out. I mean, he called me after the two games and uh, he called me before the game. I talked to him on the ride up to Anaheim. Uh, so, you know, there's nothing but, but helping hands when, when I was doing those games from everybody. Right. involved. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. I mean, they, they definitely have a, a great uh, set up there and, you know, the Sam Wellies who own the team are, are really interested in the success of that team. They put a lot of effort into it, which is, which is really cool. And that, that's why it's fun. I mean, you know, I've, I've, uh, I was an East coast guy growing up. So, you know, I had to go watch the Rangers lose a whole lot until they won the cup in, uh, 94 when I graduated from medical school and, uh, and then spent seven years in Pittsburgh, which was a lot of fun to watch the the pens play. So it's good to have a, a hockey team that you like, you like the community, you like being involved in, and uh, definitely Anaheim and the San Diego access is really big. 
Who's coming up next year, do you think, from uh, San Diego that's going to contribute in Anaheim? That's a good question um, because I would say that my top prospect pick would be Dostal, but I don't know if he's going to make the NHL cut yet, not just because he's not ready, but just because of Gideon Stolarz. I, I yeah, think- he's, a, he's a great goalie, and just yeah. for, you know, for Tracy in Wisconsin, uh, Dostal's a, uh, a really talented goalie. He has played for the Ducks a few times. He's been up. Yeah. Yeah, and his save percentage is like 92.8 with Ducks ready, and he's had just a quick little cup of coffee. But, I mean, I think he is ready. I think they just want to make sure. I mean, we've seen this, you know, long time where goalies get rushed and then all of a sudden they implode. So I I think they want to make sure that he's good to go. I mean, he is starting to show some dominance again in the AHL. Uh, I I just – I don't know. I mean, they know better than I do when the time is for him, but he's a gamer. He's an absolute pro. I'm thrilled to even call some games that he's involved in, especially the playoff game that we had last year in Bakersfield when he absolutely stood on his head and did somersaults. And I, I can't wait to see him wear Ducks jersey and dominate in the NHL. Yeah, and the Bakersfield team is good. That's a, that's a really strong – that's the, uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, team, correct? And, yes. and they, are, they are super strong. So. Yeah, yeah, they have been. They won the little mini playoff that they had last year. They beat Henderson, uh, who's a Vegas affiliate, and uh, they're really good again this year. You know, they got good core, and their head coach just got elevated to work with the Oilers. So Jay Woodcroft is now behind the bench with Connor McDavid. That's right. I saw that. That's a that's a big deal. Let's see how that pans out up in Edmonton. Um, Stolars is something else. He's he's a really talented goalie. I mean, what a what a great you know, tandem to have, you know, Gibson and Stolars and, you know, it, it it's fun to, to see the, you know, these guys come up and they just, they, they, they get right in. They are, they are not shy about being awesome. When he was signed by the ducks, we anticipated him coming to us because at the time we had Miller and Gibby up top. I knew what Stolars was about. I saw him in the Eastern conference and he just had some injury problems. And I remember, I, I can't remember if it was Springfield or Utica that I was calling games for, but I remember, when he was in and I was like, this is going to be a tough night. This is going to be a tough night for our team to score. Let's buckle up. And then I remember, you know, I went back to Lehigh Valley for another game and they're like, ah, Stolarz is out. He just got dinged up a few games ago. I was kind of like, you know, yeah, sorry. Our team's got a better shot now, but hopefully he's okay. <laughs> and, you know, that was, that was the problem. Unfortunately with him is he got hit hard with the injury bug when he was with the Flyers organization. And, and I knew he had the capacity to be an NHL goalie. I saw it four or five years ago. And then I see him come back with us. And I was like, all right, there's no way he's going to be here. He's got a large frame. He uses it very well. He's good with the puck. Let's see what he can do. And then obviously he's backing up now for what I think is one of the best goalies in the NHL. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's very talented himself. I mean, Gibson is fantastic and he is, he is super talented, but, they uh, they've got a great second second guy with uh, with Stolarz for sure. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I, I he's another guy. He could be an NHL starter. You know, it's for sure. Uh, oh yeah, the harnessed really good goaltending. Yeah, that's well. Ducks have always sort of had the the defensive bug. I mean, they they really just need to get these guys fired up up front. And Troy Terry's having a banner year. I think he's uh, twenty seven goals right now or twenty eight. Um, yeah. Sonny Milano scoring a fair number of goals and uh, Zegris as well. It's uh, 
it's a good year. I mean, uh, I think Jason feels that his uh, two guys are the Calder Trophy uh, uh, winners over one of them in uh, in Detroit. Oh, Mo Sider. It's, it, I mean, the only one coming close, I think, would be Lucas Raymond. But it's Mo Sider. He, he's he's a generational player, and he's going to be the the, the f- linchpin for the Detroit defense for years to come. And he'll have a couple cups. So, yeah, he he's he is super strong. I mean that that is a a rookie, an epic rookie. Did you year. see him the first time they played Tampa Bay, and then he went right at Victor Hedman, like after the whistle was blown, he just went at him. Like he's he, a beast. Hedman's like, who is this guy? Like, what? what <laughs> you know, um, he was listen, fun to watch with Grand Rapids. I oh yeah, he was very good with Grand Rapids, and I mean he was another guy you kind of saw, and like that's one thing that I like about calling games in this league is you see the talent before it's. It's recognized by the teams, obviously. That's why they're on their the program. But before they catch national wave, you know, when, when you have guys like Tigris and Cider that are just running wild in this league and, and developing and unfolding in front of our eyes, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, it's also exciting to see when you have actual competition for – I'm not big on the trophies per se because obviously it's a team sport. You know, the team trophies are much more interesting to me than the individual trophies. But yeah, when you have talk about like I think the Calders also, you know, it's sometimes it's not always a close race for it. But I think this year it's, you know, much closer, um, and it's it's exciting. But uh, you know, of course, I have my my own take on it, and I'm really? standing by it. Yeah, really? I'm going to die on this hill. It'll be fun to watch the rest of the run for that. Sure, I think for it's sure, be very intriguing. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Mo Sider is amazing. He's he's a great player, and I think the oh, Red yeah. Wings are looking great. They've got a they're they're in a in a very good place for a rebuild. They just put uh, uh, Danny DeKaiser on waivers because uh, Jacob Rana is coming back uh, for the game tomorrow night. I believe it is first game back mm-hmm. after shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. so they had to make line, room for him on the on the lineup. So they had, that could, takes us to another level offensively. I mean, right there. Oh, he's he's yeah. awesome. Veron is yeah. like unbelievable. Yeah. He's had shoulder surgery, and that's like that's a crapshoot. No, well, they they said he's good to go. So I mean, I'm I'm just hoping he stays healthy and he can produce. Yeah, well, these guys do get better and they get through. I mean, Jack Eichel scored a, his uh, second game winner last night. So I mean, he made it through spine, you know, the disc replacement surgery, which we covered on this podcast a little bit ago, and he's he looks pretty strong. So uh, you know, hopefully Verona will do the same. And hopefully your Red Wings will, will be in there in the hunt for next year, but I don't think it's happening this year. Well, my, my dream right now is to face the Ducks in the Cup Finals and once again take a Game 7 from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's both funny. of those teams have a long way to go to that dream. I know, <laughs> but that was the thing for a while when we were in the Western Conference is that they could, the Ducks could not close it out against us in a Game 7. And uh, last time I was at the Honda Center for that, um, the bottles rained down from the stands, and uh, it was a pretty ugly scene, but uh, I was pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, you're, hopefully your Red Wings will be there. Uh, the Ducks definitely are, are uh, on, on their way. I, I don't know. Do you think they'll make the playoffs this year, Andy? I think they will. Uh, I think they, they have to – overcome some of these top dogs in the Pacific division though. I, I think it's going to come down to those, those head to head matchups. Now I'm not saying that they're going to run the show on Colorado or Vegas, but those are the teams that you're going to have to beat to get those masks. Cause it's going to come down to like three, four points. So yep. if you're able to beat Colorado or Vegas and one of these, and they just lost the Vegas just a little bit ago, but I, I, I 
don't know their schedule coming up, but I think you got to, you got to dethrone one of these big dogs here and, and get some points. I know they got a central division swing too at the end of the year. So that's going to be big. Yeah. I mean, they, they gave up four goals in a period <laughs> yeah. against the golden nuts that, yeah. that usually doesn't bode very well for a win. And yeah, uh, you know, they, they made up three of, you know, there was five, four at the end, but they were, you know, they, they gave up some, some real, you know, easy kind of goals in that second period. And it just, it was over, it was over, but they fought, they fought back and they've got the fight to do it. They just have, they have to play a complete game and they're, they're getting there. I mean, it's a, it, it it's hard because a lot of those guys are really young yeah. and, you know, like that's, that's what you see. Like there are good things about having a lot of veterans and experienced players. You know, you, you can see like when, like the Pittsburgh Penguins are ahead in a the game. They have guys that can come in and just shut the thing down and nobody's scoring again. You know, they, yeah. they can get, they bring a Jeff Carter out on the ice a whole lot more. They bring out a, you know, they, they, they have people, Latang, Dumoulin, they've got guys who can just say, okay, this game's over. You guys aren't, we're, we may not score again, but you certainly aren't either. The Ducks don't have anything like that. They, they don't have that ability to say, we've got the lead now we're done. In fact, it's quite the opposite. My wife and I sit there and go, I wonder if in true Ducks fashion, they're going to give up a goal with the last 20 seconds left in this period. It's like the last 20 seconds of every period is like, if, if I were the other team, I'd be like, this is when we get it because they're great at giving us goals in the last 20 seconds. And it's so frustrating because they don't have that ability and you see it. The experienced teams do. It makes a big difference in terms of your ability to get those extra few points. Every team gets a game where they just get bombed. I mean, the, uh, San Jose Sharks lost like eight, nothing or something, you know, the night before they came in, they get slaughtered. The Pens lost some game like seven to three to the, the, the uh, Jersey devils. I mean, those games come up. We have the wings, wings lost 10 to seven to Toronto. I mean, it was a crazy game. <laughs> That's a crazy that was game. A wild one. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like I mean, a lot of defense going on there. 10 yeah. to seven. Yeah. <laughs> Scored five goals in the third period. It was just, it was crazy, but uh, you know, but that 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 it's an interesting phenomenon in sports in general when you see that. And as an announcer, how do you reconcile that? You're like, okay, they scored again. Like, what do you <laughs> you know? I mean, it's complete utter breakdown of the team's defense. There's just nothing there. Ten and goals. Yeah, how does that happen? You know, how, how does that happen on any given night? It's just it's uh, you know, as an announcer, what do you do to to to, to uh, keep people interested if there's a blowout? What do you is there anything that you do to kind of well, they scored again, and uh, you know, like yeah. they'll need to go back to defense school next right. week. Uh... <laughs> that that is the hardest thing, actually. Like I, I was just talking about winning and losing as a broadcaster, like your team. I don't care whether the Gulls win or lose. Obviously, I'm I'm vested in it, but I realize they're not going to win every game, so right. you can't get tied into it that way. Because when a team starts getting down, your voice starts dictating it. You start sounding <laughs> that fans aren't going to be interested. All I ask for is entertainment as a broadcaster. Right. Now, obviously, I'm going to get more excited when the Gulls win. I love it. I'm, I'm so invested in this team that it's going to sound much more entertaining when they win. But when they lose or when they're losing, there's always a chance that they can come back. You know, that's, that's what I always try to enthrall into our fans. And sometimes when, they, they're, when they're even winning big, it's very tough for me to translate, this is still an exciting game. You know, if it's Gulls 7-1, middle of second period, <laughs> Hey guys, I don't know how I can get you tuned in because right. they're, you know, they're beating their pants off. So, I mean, it's kind of scoring chances when goals or the other team have them is 
is when I try to get out of my shoes on a call, whether it's seven one or five four. So, so job aside, I'm always curious about this with announcers. Certainly, we know certain announcers, former players, whatever, have certain alliances. Job aside, mm-hmm. what team in the NHL do you live and die by? That you are emotionally invested. That if they lose, like for example, Jay will brings up to me, and I'm going to bring it up now. I was at game seven in the 2009 finals. I flew back to Detroit. I had seats six row on the blue line. I was 20 feet from Lidstrom when he almost scored on uh, flurry uh, with a couple seconds left in the third period before the end of the game. And I flew home miserable. I was upset and miserable for the next at least two weeks. And then I still not over it. So he's not, if I was an announcer, I would have not been able to talk, but is your, (laughs) that you, you are that emotionally invested in that it might be more difficult than to do a game. It's, it's actually, it's my own team guys. Like I, I, I would wish I could tell you a different team. There is no NHL team anymore. It used to be the St. Louis blues. They won the cup and I've made my peace with that. I, I haven't followed the blues dedicatedly and eight years you know i'm from st louis i'm born and raised and even when they won the cup i watched one blues game during the regular season before the blues won i didn't even watch the first round because i'm i'm in my team you know i can tell you everything about the ahl there is to tell you there might not be a lot that i can tell you about the nhl because i'm not there yet you know it's not my job to know that right um you know like we talked jason i'll take offense to this we talk about the red wings but i know some of their ahl guys I know some of their big guys, mm-hmm. but you asked me who's on their third, fourth line, not a chance. I can tell you who they are, sure. but uh, you know, in the Pacific division, I can tell you a lot about the AHL. And then obviously more specifically the goals, because it's every day that I'm here, you know, I'm at practice or talking about them every day. You know, it's, it's hard not to get emotionally involved with this team. And when you get very far in the postseason, like that hurt when we lost to the Chicago Wolves uh, in the conference finals mm-hmm. three years ago now, like that one, that one sucked. You know, that's when I, when I care whether we win or lose, uh, when we get in the playoffs, oh yeah, you bet it gets emotional for me. St. Louis is a great city, by the way. I went to med school in Kansas city in 1992 or three. I can't remember offhand when it was, I drove from Kansas city to St. Louis, saw a Springsteen show, <laughs> left it, left at midnight from seeing it at the St. Louis arena and drove back to Kansas city that same night. It was I was hallucinating on the way home in that I-7, <laughs> they call meth alley. It was, uh, it's a pretty scary middle of the night and there was no cell phones. I was in my Honda CRX and it was just me in the, in the road, but it was, uh, I had a great time there. St. Louis is a, it was a fun city. Yeah, no, no, thanks. Did you try the T-Rabs or the St. Louis pizza? You know what? I just ate the food at the arena. I, <laughs> I was at the arena. I didn't go anywhere else, but um, I have been there since then one time when I drove cross country to move out to California, stayed in St. Louis. And unfortunately I ate in an Applebee's. Oh, but, okay. uh, yeah. Well, hopefully it didn't up, end up like a vacation when they stop outside East St. Louis. <laughs> no, it was not. Off. I did not eat at rib tip. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was not, I did not go there. <laughs> so Andy, tell us a little bit. You have a, uh, a venture that you're involved in um, with a clothing line. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Tell yeah, us so about that a little bit. It's uh, it's called State Liberty. Actually, I have one of their shirts on right now. Uh, so I came across this when I worked with Utica, and uh, there was a few staff members that that had their shirts, and they actually just started off as a shirt clothing line, and they've grown. They do suits, they do 
pants, they do tuxes, whatever you name it. Like they got it now. They got winter coats. It's just, it's a great clothing line. And uh, two ECHL guys actually created it. And it's a clothing line designed for, you know, thinner guys or, you know, hockey players, let's call it that, you know, muscular guys that, you know, they're wearing suits. And sometimes when you wear a suit and you stretch in it, like it'll rip or it doesn't fit right. So it's oh, a yeah. kind of material. And uh, I just latched onto it and I, I helped promote it for them. I, they even gave me my own promo code and it's, nice. still, it's still 15 for anybody that wants to get 15% off. And I, I, it's all I wear. Like I go on the road and I have dinner with the trainers and one of the trainers goes, Hey, like, what is that shirt? I go, it's Peyton Liberty. Right? And he, asked me, like, he asked me three times and three different road trips. And I, and the third time I go, do you really have to ask now? He goes, yeah, but it doesn't <laughs> look like a shirt they would make. I go, well, they made it and I'm wearing it. So state and is it a website or is it in uh, like, is it in stores or anything? Or is it just, do you go online, get to buy the merchandise or where, where do you so, find it? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. They actually do have a, they have stores uh, in Newport beach. I believe they do have one in Michigan. The guys are, are uh, residing in Michigan. Mm. Uh, and I think they're from Michigan as well. So uh, there are pop-up stores that are around the country, like your bigger cities, like Boston as well. Uh, but you can go online, stateliberty.com and, and check out their stuff. And again, Zilch 15, the try it out. I, I think you're going to love it. And it's in, it's in Newport beach too. Yep. Yeah. It's in way. fashion. What is it called? Fashion. Fashion yeah. Island. Fashion, fashion Island. Yeah. I live right by there. Yeah. yeah my my kids like there. live there. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you have the receipts to prove it. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm six, seven, about two twenty. And I cannot find a shirt that's reasonable because I always have to buy the double or triple XL because of the sleeve yeah. length. And then it looks like I'm wearing, you know, an old night shirt from the 1800s Yeah, because it's then down to my feet and it just doesn't fit right. But the sleeve length, and if I get a large, which fits me better in the chest because of my athletic build, but then my sleeves up to here, uh, yeah. you know, so, uh, you know, I'm looking for, for good shirts. Yeah, we'll check I mean, it out. I they have uh, they have really good shirts. I don't know how big they go up to, but I mean they have to because they outfit NHL players. Like I know a lot of the Ducks guys went in there and got custom fitted too. Yeah, I went to Ted Baker one time. It was uh, for for shirts, and it was like I, I got like the biggest shirt they make, and it just wasn't enough for my arm length. So I, I mean, I'm looking for some good shirts. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, check it out. And if you go onto uh, YouTube, onto the Doctor Hockey YouTube channel, and look at us at the uh, NHL. Uh, uh, red carpet for the uh, NHL awards. Jason is bigger than every hockey player. Except for Ben by. Bishop. Except for Ben Bishop. <laughs> really? And please do me a favor. Ignore my haircut. I, my hair. I did not <laughs> get it cut. Jay told us we had to go with the drop of a hat. I My head was like, it was a Cuisinart. I looked terrible. <laughs> it looked like, it did look like, like, uh, it looked like, like Thor from uh, that Ragnarok movie when Stan Lee cuts his hair before he goes into the, yeah, uh, into the <laughs> it was just, uh, I was a mess that day. Please, but, old man, don't cut my hair. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was a mess, but other than that, just cut my head off and you'll see. No, but yeah, Jason, Ben Bishop was, was, uh, was about my size and we talked, you know, it was a little disconcerting. I don't really talk to many people eye to eye, but yeah. um, I have to imagine though, for a lot of those guys, and you know, it's gotta be difficult to get some good clothing and especially T-shirts that fit properly. I looked at the website. And I saw the T-shirts look really good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually going to have to check it out because I definitely need to get uh, some other clothing other than just Red Wing and Michigan State shirts because that's all I have, basically. 
Well, a good thing, this is kind of how I got hooked on them is because they have free returns and it's easy. Like no, I was awesome. very I was very suspicious of it at first. You know, like I was like, ah, you know, I, I don't know if it's gonna work. And I tried it and I was like, oh, you know, I looked at their return policy and I was like, yeah, if it doesn't work, just send it right back. So if you don't like it, I mean that's the best option, you know, but I think you will. That's great. Yeah, our Dr. Hockey merch uh, website does not have returns. <laughs> you break it, you buy it. <laughs> Although we love our Dr. Hockey hoodies. I, I noticed, Jason, that we uh, we called ahead to, to wear the same uni for this. Uh... I, I wore it to work. I have my scrubs on still underneath this. So, yeah. I, I, uh, there you go. Yeah, it was freezing. It was freezing in my office today. So I was seeing my patients with my Dr. Hockey shirt on. <laughs> like all my new patients were coming in. Like, I want a facelift and a nose job. They're like, do you always dress like you're going surfing next in the next hour? I was like, <laughs> I kind of do. I, I, I just, you know, I used to wear, I used to wear like a white coat with uh, a collared shirt, tie, cufflinks, the whole deal, and a you know white coat over it. And my patients said they were just flat out intimidated by it. They didn't like it at all. And so once I started wearing scrubs, they, uh, they, it was like more relaxed because they're already so nervous to begin with. Yeah. But uh, I think the, the hoodie is a new, it's a new venture for me. I may I make a uh, hoodie scrubs. That'll be the yeah, next. I, I do my first two. I do my first two EMGs wearing my my hoodie this morning. It was really cold. So, <laughs> but no. But my wife always jo- jokes around. She says, "All you have, like when we have to panic to to go get a nice shirt." She goes, "All you have are Red Wings shirts and long sleeve shirts and Michigan State T shirts, and that's it. We've got to get you some good clothing." And I just can't find it because of the way my because my size. I'm not like an awkward tall. But what I could tell from the website, it seemed like the guys were proportionate like that, like I am in that sense. So I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yeah, stateandliberty.com. And the promo code? Yeah, what's the code again? Zilch15. Done. We're in. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Well, I hope that that does well for you. It sounds like a a worthy venture. I mean, it's true. I'm like, guys are just, we're awful about like getting clothes and try i mean some guys are very very stylish and they go for it but the bulk of us you know sort of meathead jock kind of you know <laughs> medical people we just sort of you know we just take what we got like you know yeah. it's a good thing like i have a doctor hockey podcast or i wouldn't have anything to wear you know it's like <laughs> so thank god i have to wear scrubs to the or what am i wearing to work so it's, it's very handy um Anything else that you need to go over with us about uh, what's going on down in San Diego, Andy? This has been uh-huh. great, by the way. We love love chatting about uh, about the hockey access here with the AHL and the NHL. No, thanks. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only thing is, if you haven't been to a Gulls game, for everyone listening, totally. I, I think you should give it a try. I mean, we we had a sellout for our home opener coming back the first time that we had a Gulls game in San Diego in a year and a half, and. We had $12,902 beers on Friday nights. We have great promo nights like casino night, Star Wars night. I, our promotions and marketing team does a great job. And, you know, we just talked about the fan base a little bit ago. Uh, come be a part of the fun. It's the biggest party in San Diego every Friday and Saturday nights. Where is the arena? It is off of, uh, it's, it's a sports arena. So it's off of arena, sports arena Boulevard, I think is what it's called. Is it da- downtown? It is not downtown. It's in an area called the Midway District. Midway District. I'm not sure where that is. I, you know, my dad it's, lived in Del Mar for a lot of years, so I, I, I know San Diego a bit. Um, it's kind I, of it's kind of where the eight and five meet. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's uh, so you, it is a. Uh, there's not a train stop there because one of my favorite things to do is get on the train and go to a Padres game. <laughs> so yeah, I got, yeah. I get on an Irvine and boom, I walk over and it's done. It's so easy to do. Right. Yeah. No, the closest, the closest train stop, I don't even know where it would be. The closest trolley stop is old town. And that's, 
that's, that's not close. 15, yeah. That's like a 15, 20 minute walk at least. No, it's not close. So you got to drive down and do it though, but it's yeah. worth it. I mean, it sounds, uh, I know the arena is huge and that that's like a big deal. I mean, it's yeah. bigger than the uh, coyotes arena, I think. Uh, it, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, gonna, it, it's nearly, uh, it's definitely double what they're, what they have. It, it fits about 13,000. Like they, we just had Justin Bieber in here a couple weeks ago. Wow. That's yeah. big. Arizona yeah. state, uh, coyotes are definitely, uh, we, we just we can't even believe what's going on there it's uh, it's really disconcerting yeah yeah likewise yeah phoenix just has not been able to make that team work it's really unfortunate yeah i i really hope and that's the worst part about it too is i love the gila river arena like it's a beautiful yeah. beautiful i said the same out. thing i said the food right there is you can oh. walk to, it's, it's, it's i thought it was great I, i've been to a bunch of games there yeah agree it's a shame well, hopefully we'll we'll send some uh, love to Arizona. My my wife is from Phoenix, so we I was kind of fired up about you know being over there. But the, boy, they just those games do not sell out. Nobody goes. It's it's really unfortunate and and hard to understand why. It's been a huge winter in Vegas. The Kraken are like killing it. You know, it's like th- these teams are able to to get people in, but boy, the Coyotes just have not done it. So I don't know how you're going to solve that one. Hmm. Well, listen. What next time you come up to uh, to Anaheim, let us know you're coming. We'll, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd love to, you know, say hello and you know see you in person. We can uh, we can do a quick on the fly kind of uh, doctor hockey thing. We'll push out there for you and get the, get some people onto the uh, State and Liberty site. It sounds good. I got to go check it out now. Yeah, oh, but, thanks, yeah. but Andy, only thing is, if we do meet at a game there, make sure you avoid the burrito at the Honda Center. Yeah. Way too much cilantro. I cannot stand cilantro. I I hate it too. Yeah, we're, good. We're, we're we're there because I ordered it with Jay one time. I took one bite and I almost uh, threw it on the ice. I I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't handle it. But uh, I've been to Springsteen shows there. I've been to games there. I actually do like the Honda Center and I do enjoy watching games there. So yeah, good. yeah, it's a good spot. They 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 could use to upgrade it a little bit. I think it it's time for a new. It's time a for bit. a T-Mobile style place. I think that would be pretty sweet because that T-Mobile Arena is amazing. Love it. All right. Well, listen. Andy Zelch from the San Diego Gulls and the Anaheim Ducks. Thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate you doing this. And uh, it's great to learn about what you do. And uh, hopefully we will speak with you again in the future. No, thank you guys. I really had fun here tonight. I appreciate the time. You bet. All right. Well, go, go Gulls and uh, let's go Ducks. This is the Dr. Hockey Podcast signing off with your prescription for the NHL. Thanks for listening to Dr. Hockey. Check out new episodes every Thursday and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or at podcast1.com.